Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good evening. On tonight's video of choice due to several requests, I will be telling five scary skinwalker stories with a special guest, Fideth. Please go show him some support if you haven't already. Without further ado though, let's begin. Number 1 My father owns a small delivery service that operates out of Farmington. We mostly deliver small packages out in the middle of nowhere that are too much of a hassle for the larger delivery companies to bother with. My dad is the only employee and we have a few pickup trucks in a trailer. One day we got a delivery out to Window Rock in Arizona on the Navajo reservation about two hours from Farmington. My dad gets the call for the job while he is chilling with his Navajo friends, Travis and his girlfriend. Travis mentions how he's got family in Window Rock that he hasn't seen in ages and suggests they go with him. I was about 6 or 7 at the time and it was the summertime, so dad decides we'll go down together. He can do his delivery really quickly, then while Travis sees his family we can go check out the window rock, the big rock face with a large hole in it that goes to the other side, it's pretty cool. We had to convoy in separate trucks since my dad's was loaded down with freight. We decided to bring along some talkie-talkies so we could communicate with one another. We spend our time in Window Rock. Everything is generally uneventful and we start heading home along the old highway with my dad and I in front and Travis and his girlfriend in their truck behind us. I honestly don't remember most of the Window Rock trip but this next part I can never forget. We are somewhere on the highway between Window Rock and Gallup. It had just rained earlier in the day and the road was kind of slick so we were taking it pretty slow. On the left of the highway there is nothing but sandstone cliffs and on the right there is a huge field separated from the road by a small barbed wire fence. We crest the top of the hills and down at the bottom of the hill we see what appears to be a very large dog sitting back on its haunches in the middle of the road facing the cliffs. My dad calls over the radio. Hey Trav, do you see that big ass dog? Travis starts yelling back over the radio. That is not a dog. Speed up right now and hit it. 
he sounds almost hysterical. He just keeps screaming, hit it, you have to hit it, please, please hit that fucking thing right now. So my dad starts to speed up and as we get a bit closer I can begin to see it a little more clearly. It's covered in this brown, wiry, matted hair that appears to have dried blood all over it. It's still facing the cliffs but the moment our headlights hit it, it turns and looks at us and it has a face. I don't know how else to describe it other than the mix between a bear's and a human's face. It looks twisted and distorted and almost in pain. As we get closer to this thing we start to realise it's actually fucking huge. Though it was still sitting on its haunches, it was about shoulder height with the hood of the truck. We get literally inches from hitting it when it lets out a scream that sounds like someone screaming as their lungs were filling with water and it leaps backwards towards the field, landing just on our side of the barbed wire fence. Then with another leap it was gone from sight. Travis comes over the radio again. Holy shit, keep driving. We have to get out of here. We have to go faster. He kept repeating the last part. We have to get out of here and we have to go faster. Pretty soon we are speeding like crazy and just as we start to come near the outskirts of Gallup, we get pulled over. Travis pulls his truck over with us. Naturally, this makes the cop, an evagile man himself, very on edge and he immediately asks why Travis felt the need to pull over as well. Travis says, we just saw a skinwalker a few miles back and it's been following us. The officer immediately turns white, stanners something about a verbal warning, gets in his car and takes off. We do the same. We didn't see anything else that night, but when we got home, Travis refused to let us leave without taking some kind of navagil totem thing that was supposed to keep it away. Number 2 This is a story my family told me when I was growing up. We live in a rural community on navagil reservation. My aunt and her two brothers were home alone while my grandparents had left for the evening to attend a chapter house meeting. They were in the house and, like many other from the reservation, they didn't have electricity. It had been dark outside for about an hour and my aunt and my uncles were getting ready for bed. Outside, they heard noises, as if someone moving things around outside. My oldest uncle went to look out in front and saw a figure out by the truck. This was immensely out of the ordinary because the closest neighbour was miles away. Whatever it was opened the truck door and began to dig through the personal items that my family had left in the vehicle. My aunt and uncles were frightened by the sight and knew that they should take action. They took out the rifle and all steadied themselves to hold it up. They flung open the door and aimed a gun at the dark figure. The figure turned and started to walk towards them totally unfazed by the weapon. My uncle pulled the trigger, but nothing happened. The figure drew closer and my aunt began to smell something like a rotting corpse. 
that was so strong it made her gag. My uncle continued to pull the trigger with no luck and the figure came closer and closer. Off the distance, headlights were coming up the roads. My grandparents were returning. The figure looked toward the lights and started to move away and tucked itself behind a tree near the house. My oldest uncle ran toward the truck with the gun. My grandfather got out of the car and my uncle pointed to the tree. The thing was poking out its head to observe what they were doing. My grandfather ran into the house and over to the stove and grabbed a handful of ashes and rubbed over the gun and placed the ash-covered bullet into the chamber. He walked out onto the porch and fired toward the tree. Whatever that thing was didn't expect the gun to go off. The gunshot echoed and the dark figure began running. My grandma chased my aunt inside and my uncles and my grandfather went after it. There weren't many roads or paths so my grandfather and uncles chased after the figure. The truck was bouncing and the headlights were not fixed on one particular spot. My uncle swears that whenever the headlights would hit the figure, he saw a woman. Not only that, whatever it was was running on all fours like a bear. My grandfather eventually stopped the truck and as they neared the ditch that drops about 20 feet, he got out and began to yell in a vagil. My uncle says that he was yelling about a local woman. He yelled that he wasn't scared and that he knew it was her and to leave his family alone. A few days passed and there was news that the woman that my grandfather was yelling about had passed. I've always been told that if you know who the skinwalker is, say their name and it will kill them. Number 3 This happened in July of this year, in the northeastern part of Arizona, south of the Native American Reservation. I've never had any experience with skinwalkers before. But honestly, after reading about them, I'm thoroughly convinced I saw one. There was one time I went camping with two of my buddies, but neither of them are real outdoorsy type. I was just kind of getting them into the whole camping hunting scene. Now, I love hiking, exploring, more like because I hate just walking a trail. You're seeing nothing new. So took the two friends out there a ways and got two miles from camp when they just wanted to go back. I said fine and showed them where to go on my phone. I made them put a waypoint on the other little GPS thing I had to follow. I wanted to keep going, so I did, by myself. They wanted the pistol I had on me for safety reasons leaving me to walk alone in the forest with water and nothing else. No big deal, I thought. I found a steep hillside with rocks all the way down when I was about five miles from camp and decided to go down. I followed the path at the bottom of this thing, which was at the point just a drive riverbed. I walked down and it got steeper as I went further south. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When I crossed a certain point, something just felt wrong. I started trying to look around for anything, but there was a huge log across the two hillsides, and when I crouched down to crawl under it, I felt like I was being watched. I looked up to my left and saw nothing. Looked around to see if there was anything in the middle of that riverbed. Then looked up to the right. Huge, huge black canine. Too small to be a bear, but it looked like a wolf on steroids. The dog creature and I held glances for what felt like hours. But I know it couldn't have been more than ten seconds. Every passing moment made the feeling of dread worse. I moved towards to get the hell out of there, and when I moved, the wolf thing just booked it into the forest, further from camp. And in hindsight, this thing was moving faster than any dog I've ever seen. The walk back was eerie. It didn't feel as much as I was being watched as to just the feeling of, it will catch me eventually. And that's why I don't ever hike alone anymore. Number 4 So I'm an avid hunter, and every year in my early 20s I would spend every weekend in the woods of a national park near Oklahoma close to the Red River. I would normally trek in about 2 to 3 miles. My first encounter was about 10 years ago. I had set up along a clearing and was a good 20 feet up in a tree. As dawn was approaching, I had a large 12-point buck slowly coming into the clearing about three to four hundred yards off. I let it come closer and took aim and shot it in the kill zone through the heart and lungs with a green ballistic tipped round. After watching it fall through my scope, I slung my gun and was getting ready to climb down out of my tree stand. I watched this deer get up and run back into the woods on two legs. I had no idea what the fuck happened, but I'd heard of stories of skinwalkers in my youth from my grandmother's who's half Native American, so I noped the fuck out of there after that. A few years later I was in the same area hunting. I'd set up my stand and ladder the previous day, and around midnight hiked out to my stand, so I could be ready for dawn. I got into my stand around 2am and was waiting patiently. After a couple of hours, around 6am, 30 minutes till sunup, I heard something grab a hold of my ladder. Then it sounded like something was climbing the ladder. I pointed my rifle straight down and fired. I hit something on my first shot and heard a scream, so I naturally emptied the rifle, still pointing straight down my ladder. I didn't dare look down for fear of what I had heard in the stories of locking eyes with these beasts. I pulled out my .357 and proceeded to empty the cylinder toward the sound of the movement I heard. Once that was spent, 
I reloaded it and continued the barrage. There was still something out there and I could hear it. I had one gun with ammo left and pulled at my 9mm that kept with me for self-defense. You know, just in case. I fired a few rounds towards the noise I heard. Then I waited till morning. A few rounds left my 9mm and clutching it for my dear life. When morning came, I looked out to my surroundings and climbed out of my tree. And my tree stand was a dark blackish blood. And it went off deeper into the woods. I hiked to the trail as fast as I could and when I got there, I saw someone else in the distance. He was going in the same direction I was and he also looked scared. I reloaded everything while he was closing the distance and once he got closer I asked him if he was heading out too. He told me he heard a lot of gunshots earlier and a scream. I asked him where he was posted up and he pointed in the direction that I saw the blood trail go. He said he heard something run by him after the gunshot stopped and when Don hit he saw something animalistic running around on two legs. I got his name, we will call him Jim, and he told me how we should get out of the woods. He was native to the area and have Cherokee and told me if what he saw was what he thought, we needed to leave. We got out of the woods, surprisingly we both parked in the same area, and around noon we summoned up the courage to go back for our things. After a slow hike, we went to my stand first. My steel ladder that was secured by ratchet straps and bungees to the tree was ripped from the tree. It was bent and torn up. My tree stand is still on that tree to this day. He looked at the blood trail and went white. The tracks were a mix of human and canine. We made it to his tree stand after a bit. He was only 800 feet from where I was, surprisingly. His gear was strewn across the forest floor like mine, a bent ladder, but unlike my tree stand, his had been ripped off the tree and thrown. We both left the area and went back to our vehicles. So after that last encounter, Jim and me traded phone numbers and hung out when I went up there to hunt. It kind of became a thing to go hunting together. He knew the woods there better than I did and he was just good company. About two years after the incident that caused us to meet, we were posted up in a blind in a clearing. We generally put our stands close or hunted back to back in a blind over the two years we hunted together. If one of us had a shot when we were in the blind, we would signal the other with a tap in the back from our elbow. That morning both of us had a shot. We both fired. I hit the doe I was aiming at square in the chest. As it went down and turned and ran on its back legs, deep sprinting into the woods. Jim's quarry did the same after he hit it. We went to investigate and once the animals turned, the hoof prints got larger and they changed to human tracks. Jim said that we should leave and I was going to disagree with him. We both stopped hunting in those woods after that encounter. I have no clue to this day of what the fuck I encountered in those woods. I had heard of skinwalkers before, but from tales, they are more durable 
I used a 30.06 with a 195 grain ballistic tipped rounds every time I went hunting. But those are my stories. I hope you all enjoyed them and maybe someone has some thoughts on what the fuck happened in those woods. So, I'm new to this. I live in outer Melbourne, Australia, about 15 minutes from dense vegetation and forest. My house has an alleyway beside it that runs along an old train line on the other side and is a corner where the barrier with my house ends. This alleyway is mostly grass, but is shaded by trees from surrounding properties. Tonight, on the 31st, I was taking out my rubbish at around 11.10pm, which led me to be standing at the entrance of the alleyway beside my house. I peered down and saw a low, white figure that I perceived to be my cat, so I studied it closer for a moment, then continued to take out my rubbish. After putting out the bins, I stood at the entrance again and looked back at the low white figure. The alleyway is pitch black. Only the light from the street behind me illuminates it. I begin to call for my cat and click my fingers to make her come and I watched this low-lying figure slowly pace almost back and forth in the corner of the alleyway as I felt like it was watching me. I began to realize it was far too big to be my cat. I couldn't make out any distinct features, but I hastened inside to search for my cat, who I found sitting on my bed. Extremely creeped out, I took my two dogs into the backyard, because I've heard they're good with paranormal things, which has the alleyway and the exact spot I saw the thing run adjacent to the fence. They noticed nothing for about ten minutes, as I tried to tell them to listen for something. They just began sniffing the grass like average. Out of nowhere, my smallest dog began barking rapidly, only to quickly stop, leaving me worryingly call his name for around a minute. Then he suddenly ran back to me. This freaked me out, and I called both dogs inside, and have been trying to find answers ever since. Thank you all for listening, and to my special guest, Vida. If you'd like to see more stories like this, then please let me know. And if you enjoyed, be sure to drop a like and subscribe. As always, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening.